Welcome to the Willing and Winning Podcast. I'm your host and multicultural gay best friend, Will Hill. Each week, I'll be speaking over the digital ether to create a positive space in which we can all find the will to overcome pretty much everything and open discussions on the colorful moments in media. If we didn't know each other before, now is our chance to meet in the middle and positively grow from here. Together, let's find the will to win. Hi guys, welcome back to the Willing and Winning Podcast. It is me, your multicultural queer best friend, Will Hill. Oh my gosh, Will Hill. Oh, I can't believe I mispronounced my own name. But I'm back. I'm feeling positive vibes, sharing those vibes with you all around. And today I have a special guest. I'll be introducing him shortly. But I'm just going to jump right in. You know, today's episode, it's a special one because... It's during the month that we celebrate Black history. Now, as a person of color, I'm celebrating Black history 365 as I'm learning every day. I'm diving into the culture, but also Black history is happening in the present moment for me as well. So my focus is always there, but I, I can't carry on this podcast through this month and not have an episode focusing on Black history, honoring it, and in doing so, sharing my story as a person of color. But before I dive into that, I just want to focus a little on some, you know, a few of those who came before me who are currently living right now and making positive way for people of color in the community because you know it is important to realize the achievements that we as a black community have made um you know people and leaders from martin luther king jr all the way to the black leaders we have in politics today from raphael warnock who is george's first black senator Cori Bush, Missouri's first Black congresswoman, and, you know, even all the way up to Kamala Harris, who is the first Black, first South Asian American, first female vice president. You know, that is so much to, that's so much history right there from one period in time to our present day. And it's so much to explore and learn and understand, because if you don't understand history and you don't choose to learn what is going on, you're doomed to repeat it. And the Black community has suffered far too long for us to continue repeating the same oppression over and over again. So it is really important that you take the time to dive into learning. And, you know, when you learn and you understand, you you yourself don't become a victim of oppression and you're able to correct wrongs and make them right. You know, you're able to understand how to go about doing that positively to make the change. So again, if you're going to take any time to understand black history, use this month to do that. You know, if you're someone who isn't really into reading, I'm sure 100% you're watching Netflix or Hulu. And I know for a fact, as I'm someone who has an account on both, they have highlights for Black history. So go ahead, 
and, you know, get yourself educated. If you're someone, you know, who's into reality TV, try the black, oh my gosh, try the bachelor. You know, this season is their first black bachelor, which as I mentioned previously in a few episodes ago, that is something to speak for on behalf in the media industry, you know, before this season, there has never been a black bachelor. There have been contestants who were black, but they're the main guy himself has never been a person of color. And this season, not only is The Bachelor a person of color, but I've noticed a lot of diverse cultural representation throughout the group. And like I said, that speaks volume. And another resource I want to share, you know, to get yourself understanding of Black culture is this book that I've been reading. It's really powerful. It is something I would definitely recommend reading, you know, if you are queer youth, but also if you are a person of color, and if you are a person of color who also happens to be a parent with queer youth, but also if yourself, you know, you're a queer parent of color. It's really, it hits the mark because it tells the story of coming into not just your identity as a person, but your identity within your sexuality, within your culture. It's called The Black Flamingo. I'll definitely be resharing it on both my Instagram as well as the podcast Instagram. But it's a really moving story told told through poetry. And it's been helping me understand more about myself as a person of color who also is queer because whether we want to recognize the issue or not, being gay, unfortunately, gets marketed heavily towards white gay men, whereas there is not enough Black representation in the queer community to the point where we feel accepted. You know, we're all on the same side playing for the same team, but there's still the variance in between. And this book really highlights that. And I definitely recommend reading it, you know, not even just this month, but literally get the book, read it this month, and then read it 365 because it is going, it's just going to remind you about all of the struggles you face as you're coming into yourself and how you overcome those things and how once you step in to who you are supposed to be and realizing that you are stepping into that role, there's just this light that just is around you all the time that you're, makes you so much more aware of who you are and how you choose to live. And the book has had such a positive impact on me. The author, Dean Atta, it's his writing is, it's very strong, it's emotional, and it's poetry, so it's poetic. It hits the mark on there, and I love poetry. So this is one I definitely wanted to recommend sharing with you guys. But getting into the episode, as I had mentioned, I have a guest on. My guest is also a co-host with me on another podcast that I do, The Wellness Gaze, which that podcast, my co-host, is my fiance. And today, he is my guest. So welcome, Gavin. Why, hello, everybody. Yes, I I am the fiance. I brought him on to the podcast today because I'm sharing my Black story. And as my partner, 
who's not a person of color, you know, it is important that I'm not just, you know, retelling and sharing this with him, but sharing it with you guys and showing how together we can understand, like we can bring about understanding. And Mm -hmm. because just because we're an interracial couple doesn't mean he understands the trials and tribulations I go through because it's not just about being gay and oppressed. I'm a gay person of color. Correct. So I brought him on, you know, to feel the conversation, you know, get some things out that I feel like should be heavy speaking points because I want to remind you guys as my community that no matter what the challenges we face, they are, we are able and capable to overcome them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to let Gavin take the conversation away and ask me a few questions. Okay. So what was it like growing up um, basically mixed in a predominantly white family, though? Well, I will start by saying, obviously, I come from a blended family. We're multicultural. Um, My mother's side is Greek and German, and my biological father's side is African-American. And that is also my stepfather. He was African-American and Native American. Mm -hmm. Um, So I grew up already in a diverse culture as a family. However, it was for me growing up in a predominantly white town. So, you know, we are the mixed family on the block, very blended, whereas most of the families are very linear, white, you get the picture. So a lot of times I didn't really have trouble like making friends with other children or other children bullying me for being a different skin color, but I always was asked why my mom was white, why my dad was black, yada, yada, yada. And if I'm being honest, I never really knew how to answer those questions just because when you're six and seven, like you don't, I don't think, I personally wasn't looking at the world that way through color as like, Mm -hmm. oh, my mom is this color, my dad is this color. Like I was looking at them as the people that I loved and care about and that I knew loved and cared about me. So when those questions start hitting you early, it's, it really, it, for me, it's made me really start to question myself as a person and my own identity and where I fit in with my family, because I understood that I was literally a blend of everything that they all were, you know, Greek, German, African-American, but I also didn't know exactly which which culture I was supposed to identify with because for my mother's side, they were able to obviously show and live Greek and German and that culture. But with my stepfather also, you know, there was that element of African-American culture within the house as well. And as adults, you know, as, as conscious adults, they're able to live harmoniously together in that way where it's not like, oh, you know, like we need to be like an entirely white family or an entirely Greek family. Like 
that it, it's not it was never like those issues were never there like oh like we it, need to live like it was this no, one way it was no suede to one side more right, than it the was, other it was a very blended way of living gotcha. however i just never knew exactly which culture that i actually belong to and i didn't realize until i grew up that well they're all my culture so i belong to all of them and there's not <laughs> a choosing <laughs> essentially me. that i have to do but it's about you know choosing to positively accept all of those as me correct and making those cultures the elements that you know i explore part of my lifestyle how that works into my lifestyle so you know i would say growing up in a dominantly mixed as a as a mixed person in a dominantly white town I was always questioning who I was a lot, even though I proudly profess like, oh, you know, this is me. I'm William Hill. Like, I like this and this is what I'm going to be. There was still always that back layer of like, oh, well, I'm not really sure because I don't really know exactly my skin. I'm still questioning who I'm supposed to be based off of my skin color. So that was a lot of what I struggled through growing up in high school. And I was never really vocal about it because... Again, I was basically the only person of color in my friend group. So when you were the only person of color with predominantly white friends, how do you talk about that? And I really didn't have an outlet, I feel like, to talk about that until I went to college. And I was able to be around much more of a diverse... Oh my God, sorry, that scared me. I think it was (laughs) snow falling outside the window. Um, but it wasn't until going to college that I found a group of diverse people. You know, it wasn't just people who were African-American or people who were Greek. These were people and individuals who had a blended background and were part of many cultures. You know, one of my very, like, good friends while I was in our RA through school, she was from Jamaica. And... She taught me all about her culture from day in, day out. You know, there was a time she took me to the Caribbean Culture Club and we spent the entire, like, afternoon eating food that was based off of the Caribbean culture. I watched a dance performance and I loved all of it. So it was nice, you know, being able to make that transition from having an only basically a white friend group to then finding a space where you know we were all blended we were it was a diverse cultural background and that was my place you know part of this whole living harmoniously and living together is about being there doesn't need to be just one race we're 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 blended it's totally okay and there should never be like a shtick about it you know True. So being able to jump from being odd boy out to finding an area to culturally and diversely fit in, I started to feel more comfortable. And it's not that I didn't love any of my white friends. I love all the friends that I have that are white and that are close to me and that, you know, are supporting of me in every way. But 
it was nice being able to have a group of people that understood the struggles that I was going through and were able to communicate with me on that. Correct. And who also could probably connect and identify with the the other, you know, your other backgrounds, you know, your Greek background and your American background. Like there were other people who you could connect with that weren't just your white side. There were other people who could connect with the more sides of your heritage. Exactly. And, you know, one of the elements to that entire experience through college and even now that I'm thankful for was it showed me where I had to put in the work, you know, not just as a queer person or as a mixed person, but as a human being where I needed to put in the work to make change happen so no longer that people of color are going to feel oppressed when they should feel accepted as equals in society. So it it started to make me think back to when I was in sixth grade, my stepdad had, I had asked for a cell phone and my stepdad had asked me just a random question on what I knew about black culture. And I literally froze because I, as much as, was going on around me and that he was teaching me, he realized I wasn't actually like fully like diving into it as I should. And, you know, being in sixth grade, he felt that it was a little inappropriate that I didn't know enough about my cultures to just be able to have conversation about them. Mm. So he assigned me, he gave me a book reading assignment if I wanted the cell phone. And at first I was like, oh, like I have, like, okay, like, it's a book, like, I love to read, like, but also, like, <laughs> really, like, but through reading the book, it, the book was called Uncle Tom's Cabin, and the it's a heavy topic on slavery during that period of time. It showed me that as a child in America who lives in a dominantly white town, where the way that I was living was literally as if a silver spoon was in my mouth compared to what my ancestors had to go through. And from remembering that time in my life to where I was at in college, it got me really heavily and on this focus that it's okay that I want to, you know, do fashion and write and, you know, do marketing and whatnot. That's okay. But while doing that, I still need need to be doing the work to bring about change for the black community and bringing more representation in those areas because there's while there is representation obviously in fashion and media there are still a lot of things that need to change and when i was beginning to start understanding racism and understanding where i needed to change that's that's where my eyes were opened up a little more to what actually is going on here in America and the world and how my community is treated. And I'll even say that from meeting you when you were worked as a social justice worker and getting involved in social justice work myself, like it really made me understand like one, I have a role in society to bring about this change. I had to find my role, Mm -hmm. but, 
and and I did, and I'm still finding my role more and more each day, but I had to go ahead and do that. And I do thank you a lot every day that from the moment I met you that like, I was able to be someone who doesn't allow themselves to be blind because I do believe in the power of choice that we all have it. So during that moment, you know, I could have chosen to ignore the work and position in the social justice organization I was working in. And I could have chosen to be ignorant about what's going on here in America and the world, but I didn't. And making that choice has opened me up more as a person each day to how we need to come together Mm -hmm. and really make change. And that's what the whole focus of this episode and me sharing my story with you guys was all about because we can do that together. We can come together and really make the change happen because nothing changes if nothing changes. Thank you. But that is all I have for you guys today. It was, you know, just a whole focus on remembering Black successors and Black leaders and Black influences that have come before us who have put in the blood, sweat, and tears to make the change to remember that where we're at right now, yes, it's it's a positive way forward, but there's still more work that needs to be done. And let's just all take the time to be conscious together and understand and educate and learn and grow to make that change. And with that, I'm going <clears throat> with that, I'm going to head off. But for more podcast updates and to keep up with all podcast happenings you can follow the will to win podcast on instagram that is w-i-l-l the number two w-i-n podcast on instagram will to win podcast so go ahead and follow and i will be back next week with more positive vibes so peace and love